Hi, Brian. Karen, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good today. I'm good. Yeah, how are you? I'm really good, but I have to apologize in advance because they're doing work at the front of my house. They're ripping up the road. Mm -hmm. And so my dog is on high alert. So okay. if we hear Thor barking, we know it's just to protect you. That's right. So he might not, but just in case. He's a good dog. <laughs> we are so thrilled today to have Shamir Falk from Dr. Locks, founder of Dr. Locks with us. Shamir. I am so excited to see Shamir Hello. because we go Hello. back, we go back a couple of years. Hi, Shamir. We go way back. <laughs> yes. And we met at the Natural Hair Industry Convention. Mm -hmm. I think yes. you came up to me and you were like, hey, Mod Yes, exactly. I was like, oh my God, this is like, it was so, I love those, those conventions because you could see people in real life. So, yes. And we're going to go back to that very, you know, one day, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> With masks. Oh, I don't like the masks. You know, at least we don't have to wear masks while we're doing the Zoom videos, right? <laughs> right. We see our faces. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, when you introduced yourself to me, I was like, this, this is so special. Like I was so humbled and, and excited to meet you because you have such a great reputation in our industry and you are an entrepreneur. You are the forefront <clears throat> of, of elevating the industry. And, and we wanna hear about your story. And, and um, uh, we think that, uh, we talked about this, that together we all can can do better and be better, right? And just before exactly. you say anything, I also am so impressed with everything that you've achieved in such a short time. Mm -hmm. And uh, your, your vision is so smart. And um, I think that the authenticity really, really shines through as well. I mean, I, I love how smart you you present things, you know, your blogs and, and everything. And, uh, and your branding. Your branding is super yeah. on point. Tight, tight. That means a lot. You're coming from inspiration you. to us. Wow, that's super, super, super dope. Like, I, I, I have fun every day. Like, this is just, um, my background is creative advertising. And I wanted to work in an ad agency. And um, I didn't get hired. I didn't get hired. And my favorite professor, he told me, he was like, just do it. And I didn't really understand what he meant, but he, I, but now he's we're still Facebook friends and he talks, he's like proud of me because I was like his, one of his favorite ad students. But um, it just, to me, marketing is smart. And of course, social media was not existing back when I graduated. So all this is new. And so because my heart is in marketing and advertising, it's intriguing to me as far as how we do it is different. And it's about tribes and having villages you know and um so I, what I, I love is our relationship uh, we've had with my locks because you guys have been supportive since day one since before like a long time and so <laughs> it, it was a, it was an honor to meet you in person Karen um because I I I still know who my the first people that was supporting Dr. Locks and I'm always humbled um, because you didn't have to, you know, and it's dope to see you have your own product line. I have uh, Jocelyn Curly Mugo. She has a product line. I'm always, as you know, always supportive and encouraging someone to see this all grow. Um, 
So I don't, I guess you guys want to know, what do you, you want to know about like where I started, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our, our listeners, you know, might know a little bit about where you started and how you did, but um, okay. please share your story. Okay, so I, um, let me go back to way back. No, sir. Um, so I, I had locks from 1996 to 2007, uh, rough about almost 10 years, nine years. And I started locks when I was in high school. Um, there was no Google, there was no Yahoo, there was no YouTube, that, that wasn't a thing. And so it was basically based on, like I worked at a, uh, I worked somewhere and I asked people, like I just got encouragements and words and what product. And it was always like somebody randomly would have a suggestion. That's how we got our information. And so of course I went and bought the thing that they told us to buy. It was nothing for locks. And so I ended up with a lot of stuff in my hair and I grew up from um, by the beach. So when I would go to the beach, a lot of stuff would rise up to the tip of my hair. And uh, one day I actually saw it and I was in college and my, it, it was horrifying. I was like, I, I just had to actually have to see it on the way, my way out of the shower. I was like, what in the world? So I was spending like hours in the shower trying to get this stuff out. And I did get a, most, a lot of it. So then I was so horrified that I stopped. What was in your hair? It was something, it was a very professional product. And it's so crazy, I can't even think of it because I was like searching it for for like almost a year. It was like in a jar. It was something very, very high end. And I cannot remember it. Was and it a petroleum based product? Yes, it was, yes. It was not for locks at all. It was very heavy and very thick. And it was coming um, out of the surface of your locks then yeah, and you're trying to remove it. Seeping, like, I mean, when I see product come out the locks, it just looks like pus to me. And it's so, ugh. So um, I got a lot of it out. I mean, I, I mean, that's why I have dark locks. I'm so, I don't like, it's not necessary. But at that time, I didn't know, as a lot of people that are new coming to the industry, you that's where my heart comes in, because I remember how I was as a young person um, and did not know. And so, and always being kind of bullied into what people, their perspective is and what they're doing. And, you know, I remember getting screened out on like a Rasta, he, and I didn't know, and, you know, so it was just like, it was so much information and so much passion coming from different people I didn't really I just for me I knew I was different and I know perming my hair was never a thing like I'm I got fussed at because I didn't take care of my permed hair um I thought it would be cool but then it was like the beginning of me not liking my curls my natural curl pattern um and I never really knew what that was either I just wanted to be like my mom and she permed her hair I did that and then my hair just that was the beginning I feel like that's the beginning stages when black girls perm our, our hair that's the beginning stage of not loving your hair not appreciating your hair because you want to do something that does not do naturally and so um, I just want to interrupt for just a second. Language is super important. And, and so just to talk to people who um, are not POC, to our listeners who don't have textured hair, when, we, when, when you're referring to perm, you're actually referring to perming straight, where when someone has straight hair, when they say perm, they're referring to perming curly. But mm -hmm. it's, perm means permanent. And that just means we're changing the texture of our hair. So please continue. For that no exactly and so big difference um and so 
my mom got frustrated with me. She's like, you know, I do what you want to do with your hair. So I started braiding my hair. I started braiding my hair. I'm going back a little bit. So I bring my hair. And then I, I, um, the Miss Education of Lauren Hill came out and that encouraged me to lock my hair. I loved her locks. And what was so the message I was, from Lauren Hill? Hmm? What's the message from Lauren Hill? Um, it was uh, that thing and that song. And it was uh, something about, the manicure it was it was the verse and i can't remember but it was her just her existence her and erica badu their pure existence among other people um in, Walking in her own path yes and their style like it was like it, it just i was always a thrift shop thrift shop girl like i just it resonated with me and yeah and so i was like okay so i didn't know what the hell i was doing i put my hair in bantu knots and um i got in trouble um Cause I went to school with a head wrap on and I got in trouble and I read, I came to school with the handbook and um, the Dean of girls didn't like me cause I was always doing my own thing. So she was like, you're going to get in trouble. I was like, it's not in the handbook. And so she sent me to the office, the principal's office and the principal, he um, sat me down and he went in his room and he, he called some schools around and he came back. He said, well, no, none of the other school has a problem with what you're doing. Go back to class. So that whole year, that lady, that was my last year. She hated my guts. Oh, oh my God. And then the next year, they put in the handbook that you cannot wear head wraps. Wow. Was- so so all of a sudden, it became this political stigma. In this, and it, it wasn't. And then it became that. And yeah. it was like and I on the radar. I, I was raised as a Muslim, so I could have said it was religious, but I, I did never, I never claimed that as my religion, but my dad wanted me to, but I was like, it's because I want to. And right. so I just thought it was funny. So that was 1999. Um, and because I think I started in the year before and then I, I, won, I wanted to wear head wraps. And so what, actually that was my 11th grade year. That was my 11th grade. You wear a head wrap at school. Distractions, state school. Listen, I, I don't, I don't yeah. want to go on that. A whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be another show. Yes, that's another another show. So uh, yeah, I went to college and um I ended up being that girl in on campus that was doing people's hair. So I would my um my college roommate, she never came, never showed the first semester, and I had a room to myself. So it literally turned into a salon. And so I would have my door cracked open. I would either be the known for the girl that would bleach your jeans. I bleached people's jeans and made it into a funky style. Um, I would sew a dress for you, or I would do your higgered locks or your flat twists. And so I, it was it was cool because I, I liked making money and it was fun. I liked talking to people. Um, so it was cool. And then um, I, I ended up doing that like randomly, like locks grew long. Um, but I was saying that first and second year, that's when I noticed I had buildup in my hair and I was doing something wrong. So I ended up washing a lot of it out. And I found this, um, this, this man, he had a beauty supply store and he told me, he was like, you need to feed your hair. He told me your hair is like a tree. It needs to be fed. Cause I stopped doing everything. And so my hair probably was looking really dry. So he had a product line that he was trying to recommend. And I don't think he ever had it, but he said it was really good. He's never had access to it, but I ended up just using like an oil. I think it was like Kimi oil back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just used that and my locks was like everyone that was what I was known for my locks were so beautiful and I would cut them up to here and it would grow I would just come up to here I just I was a bun girl 
Mm-hmm. And um, I never really twisted my hair anything like that. So then I graduated and then um, didn't know what I want to do with my life. Um, but I wanted to work in an ad agency, but it just never would hire me. So I ended up school for. Yeah, I went to school for creative advertising. Right. And um, I wanted to make ads, print ads. I wanted to work. In, I want to live in New York. I want, but no one hired me. And that industry is pretty tough. Um, it's really particular they like who they like they hire their friends whatever um but I ended up just getting a corporate job and um I would also during college would go to my aunt's uh, salon and my dad made me work in her salon just to get some experience we saw I was in, I was good at that but I didn't like I didn't like the business I didn't like how it was, it was in a rough neighborhood. I didn't like how I was nervous to drop to my car. I didn't like how people were treated. I didn't like the way they treated my aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, they would uh, kind of disrespect her pricing and she just did whatever. And I just was like, I got, I'm going to school. I'm never going to do that. And so um, it just seemed stressful. And so, and I was like a really sheltered child. So that was like a lot for me. And so when I went to, when I graduated, I'm now in a corporate job. I was like, yeah, this is not me. This is not me. Um, I didn't understand the corporate conversation, corporate arguments, disagreements. I didn't understand. The f- it was really fake to me. And um, real doesn't mean it always has to be argumentative. It's just, I didn't like, I didn't understand the lingo. And I didn't understand the way they dressed or anything like that. And I just didn't fit well. So I ended up getting laid off, which was a blessing. And I always worked in the gym industry. So I ended up got, becoming a manager in a, in a, at a gym. And then I just, something hit me. So this is what, that drive during my corporate job, I would drive 50 miles to and from work every day. And on this radio station, this woman, Rashawn Ali, um, in the morning, they would laugh. They would enjoy their life. They would I mean, I had the best laughs every morning. And then I had to drive up and turn the key and walk up to the hellhole. But I remember this one thing Roshan said, you do what you love, you never work a day of your life. And that changed my whole life. I never heard that. I just heard go to college. Mm-hmm. So you do what you love, you never work a day of your life. I was like, what? And I'm from Virginia. We're very conservative. They're praying on the radio station. I'm like, they're really living it up. And so now this time I'm now laid off. I'm working at the gym as a manager. I really hate my life at this point because now as a manager, it's not fun anymore. You know, I'm not showing numbers and stuff. So I remembered that. So I went online and I Googled, um, I, I looked on Craigslist at the time and I found a salon that was looking for a stylist. And um, and then I emailed a woman and then she said that I need to be licensed. I was like, all right, let me go get a license. I went online and I noticed for the natural hair, there was no way to get a license. And this is in 2004, 2005. Um, and I was like, oh man. And I was like, all right, I just got one degree. I'm not about to waste another one. So now I'm good. So I went on with my life for a month. And then a month later, she called me back. She was like, are you interested? Because there's a loophole in Georgia. As long as you're not doing any chemical services, you can do locks. I was like, "Eh." I left that job so quick. Mm -hmm. I went in and I just sat around. I had no clients. I just walked in and I just started sitting out 
in her salon, making friends with her clients, getting lunch and stuff like that. And one day she was going out of town. Her clients were like, I love Shamir. Long story short, five years later, I'm the manager. I'm, I'm training new employees. I'm doing her branding for the salon and all of that. So she had a product line that was designed for natural hair and she used it on locks. So I noticed a trend where it was like, we have these natural products. This is around the time natural hair was booming, 2006. And then it's like, oh yeah, and then locks, you know? And at that time the when I started working- to the natural hair, it was still segregated. Yeah. Which yeah. was amazing because we hadn't had this before. And at this time, right when I started working in, that's when I was actually, actually started combing my locks out. So I was, in, I never, I never played with this fluffy stuff. So I was like, I was so intrigued because I saw my new girl. I said, wow, my hair is amazing. And also doing natural hair full time now. I was like, wow. So I combed my locks out and I fell in love with myself all over again. And I just experimented with my loose natural hair. And so, um, so then I, I, so I observed the industry. And as I noticed, people would come in. It was a trend. They would come in. I don't want perm anymore. Okay, cool. And then what are those? Those are locks. Those are locks because there was a misunderstanding about what locks are. People assume that you couldn't style them. You can't wash them. They're stunk. They don't have a job if they have them. So in the salon, those clients that didn't have that understanding, they got educated in the salon. It was a beautiful situation. And they were like, wow. And it was like the most conservative women would come in and be like, you know what, Shamir? I think I want locks. I was like, really, girl? So <laughs> it was like so amazing seeing them come in. And like, so I saw, I noticed the trend where I was like, wow, okay, that people, and then what happened? They'll get locks and then they'll stay there. They never go back. So then me and that salon owner ended our relationship. And I started my salon as natural hair lady in my living room. And so I did not know what the hell I was going to do. Um, I was, I was like, my clients, they, they, they came to me. I, so I created a whole salon um, situation in my living room. Um, I didn't want a salon hop. I just really didn't know. I just, I figured, let me just do web design or whatever. But then my clients really was like, Shmi, oh, we only want you to do our hair. Like, this is like, I, this one woman told me she would shank me if she think I wasn't gonna do her hair anymore. And she said that she didn't care if I was in a back alley, alley on a footstool with a water hose. I'll never forget that. And that was like, okay, I hear you. I am not going nowhere. So I built my clientele that way. And while it was happening, since I don't have her, um, her, um, her products anymore, I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. So I, at this point, I'm now traveling seeing clients all around the country, people flying me in different places and people wanted to, um, they, you know, I'm creating lock extensions across the country. And like what I do, you know, I'm like, okay, use this product, do this. I'm giving them like their prescription for what to do. And then like, I'm getting called, smear, this has buildup. I know you don't like buildup. What is this white stuff? They don't even know. So it, it got to the point where I'm like, don't do that. Don't, don't stop using that. No, 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 don't use that. And people like, well, what do we use? What do we use? And uh, so that is kind of, I can, I can see where this story is evolving and how it's, that was like the aha moment. Am I right? Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. So listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to hear now the birth of Dr. Locks. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Karen, your hair looks super cool today, man. Oh, What's going on? Thanks, Brian. I have noggin oil to thank. What is noggin oil? You don't know what noggin oil is? I have a cleanser, a toner, and a moisturizer for my scalp. And those three little roller balls look very cute. What are they? Great question, Brian. We have Replenish, which is like a light moisturizer for your noggin. We have the Chill, which is for alleviating tension and discomfort to the scalp, especially during tightening services for locks or braids. And Glow is the multi-carrier treatment oil, and it's more of your heavy-duty moisturizer for the noggin. Great for these winter months and great for extra dry scalp. For parted hairstyles, sectioned hair. Locks, braids, hair extensions, weaves, twists, anything. Amazing. Looks beautiful and minimal and healthy. So we're back and we're so excited to hear about the actual beginning of Dr. Locks. So yes, take- yes. So when clients were coming to me, because I would literally sometimes if they're in front of me, like pat their hand, like, and I'll show them like, this is wrong. So they were like, she made keep telling this no. Like, what are we supposed to use? And I kept hearing that. And um, I was really trying to use whatever that was out on the shelves. Um, but I noticed it was a lot of products for natural hair, but nothing really focused on the product, um, on um, the lock clientele. So I went online and I searched up like different oils that were safe and really good for moisturization. Moisturization was my biggest thing. And um, and this is me not really knowing what I was doing. I just went with how, what I felt and um, the thing, my favorite scents and stuff like that. So then I went with my list and I went to a, a grocery store and I bought, it was like a natural food store. And I went and bought my my list. And then I got home and I did not know what I was doing. I went and got water from the faucet and I shook everything up and I was like, here we go. And I started using it on my clients and they were like, this is amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> and so I was like, cool, 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 cool. Never once was thinking about having it as a product line. I just wanted something for my clients. And so, because the previous woman I worked for, she didn't really have a positive experience with having a product line and running a salon. So I that kind of like made me nervous about doing that. So I was like, this is just for my clients. And so I, um, what was I going to say? So then what happened, I'll never forget, Miss Brenda came in. It's an older client. I love her to death. She's coming in because, oh, people started wanting me to, they want to buy some. So I was like, you can make this yourself. And they were like, well, that's cute, but we want you, and we want to buy it from you to me and just make it for me. So I went to Sally's, bought a little bottle for $5, and I sold it. Well, I sold the bottle for $5 and made little amounts. So then at this time, Brenda, Miss Brenda comes, and I usually fill on, I know you guys understand, like fill on the client's hair before you go and wash and catch up with them and stuff like that. And I'm talking to the hair, to the hair too. And I, for the first time in my life, felt locks that were so soft. I was like, oh my, like just a perfect softness. And I was like, Miss Brenda, what have you been doing differently? Didn't think about my stuff. She's like, that stuff gets you sold me, girl. I was like, 
and like she's still talking and I literally remember saying like I zoned out like I superpowers like oh my gosh she didn't understand what's going on with me now she does I have her in every vending show um but after that I decided to solve all the problems that I was having with my clientele I decided to make this into a business and so um, because I always wanted more than what I was just doing. And so, um, so then, yeah, I literally drew out, um, cause I'm visual. So I drew out each bottle, what it would do, what are the benefits, you know? And then I went to work and like the pre-cleanse, I literally made that on a spot on a client because he had a lot of flakish on his scalp. So I was like, Ooh, okay. And I was, I was, it was like, it was this guy working through me. And, um, and then I was, it was like, all right, I got these five. Okay, cool. Since then I, um, I told my clients, cause at the time I also had a side, uh, a part-time job at Apple. And so what I learned from them, which was feedback, a lot of small business owners are afraid to get their feelings hurt um, by getting real deal feedback. And so I saw how successful Apple was. So I was like, you got to get feedback. So I was like, clients, if y'all want me to be successful, I need you to keep it real with me. Don't kiss my butt, be real with me. And so they did. I need to deal with mold. Um, some of the spray tops weren't spraying. So I found a freelance chemist that gave me, I told him what my problems were. And then he helped me fix those problems. And I found out the number one stunner wasn't even using the water from the from the faucet. So I learned how horrible that water was. And I just, and then I went to work. I went to work. And then from there, I had to get the, the hard part out the way because I'm not a scientist. My heart is in marketing. So once I got that and I worked through my clients, like I, I use it on them. I gave it to them. Tell me what you think. You know, I know that that's why they can rave and support me continuously now because they know they were one of the few people that was there since day one. Mm-hmm. And then after I knew it worked and I, I, I kept on getting amazed by my own work, that's when the fun start started happening in marketing. I was like, oh, and it was like, cool, I could do, I could be my own ad agency. I could do it. My- <laughs> so exactly. that's like my big aha of my life is that I, I still drive by ad agency in Atlanta. I'm like, you didn't hire me, but I'm doing my own thing. So yes. <laughs> it was meant to be, it was meant to be. Yes. I love that story. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for so so now so now you get to the fun part. Okay, so you've done all of the the, the you're doing the work, but also yeah. why it 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 works is because you have that passion and that drive and, and there's motivation there. And mm-hmm. and you're solving a problem, which is pretty much exactly how Noggin Oil was born. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you get to the fun part that you went to school for, which is the marketing and the branding mm-hmm. and, and you built, built that up. And then you started to work, then social media appeared. Yeah. Right? You started it's Facebook. I'm not and- a salesperson. It's amazing. Cause I'm not a salesperson. I'm just an educator. And so, but my theory, my goal in life going forward, and you'll see in the next couple of years is that to support and help all barbers and hairstylists, but this, it makes no sense that all these products that are on the shelves are not made by hairstylists and barbers. We, Ooh, good point. the people that make the product because we work with the hair. 
So I will be tapping into that um, really soon. I'm getting some education right now or well, pretty soon. And I, I'm going to be going ham on this because I have, I have friends in the industry that are like watching me and I'm going to be sharing everything on this ride that I've been going through. Cause I don't, I, I, I I'm not, I, it's about collective, you know, for me. So, um, so yeah. So there's really, really good parts of social media that help our businesses and we get a much wider audience. But I want to hear about the bad part of social media. You both got hacked recently. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely it's, insane. Yeah, it's, it, you know, I, I have an interesting perspective on it, Karen, because it's, it's a bummer. It is a bummer. It's frightening. It's creepy. It doesn't feel good. Um, but I like to see the flowers bloom out of it because I do know there's nothing by coincidence. It freaking sucks. Someone did hack into my account and then they essentially sent someone, like everyone, I guess, whoever was in my DMs already. Jam. They were fishing. Yeah, jam. And then they, they're doing it. And I'm finding out other friends that are, are gotten hacked as well. Uh, maybe not by the same hacker, I don't know. But I just feel like this is by this is like helpful for us to really buckle down on, on our security, you know, with, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a reality. People are out there that just do strange things, but do we have some protection also not to depend on social media fully for your way of, you know, communicating with your, your community. You know, we have emails, you know, I know people that have created their own app, you know, and I, I got, I don't know what you call it, backlash or backlinked or something, um, blacklisted on Instagram before. Um, my, for whatever reason, I ended up having to email or write a letter, a physical letter to Facebook two years ago for like two months. No they one could get a letter from the mail. <laughs> yes. Where did I that did. go to? Because you, know, you know, this is our baby. So yeah. I literally, because it's like, it wasn't an email. So I was like, I need someone to understand this because but social media is social. So if someone is excited about Dr. Locks, they're going to type it in and say, hey, girl, go here. But no one can do that. Not even a DMs. No one could type Dr. Locks anywhere for two months. And so because I have a bright brain, I just had my ways. I, I created a, a, another site to get to my site. It was interesting, but eventually it got, you know, unlocked and then they apologized or whatever. So um, I just feel like this stuff like this as an entrepreneur, we are, as with last year, we always are ready for that thing. It's like, all right, it's like with doubles here. Okay. You got to stay ready. You have to be um, okay with change. And um and I, I, I always believe in doing, going in the direction that's going to serve you. Um, what will offer you fruit? Okay. So, yeah, this guy is not offering me fruit or girl, whoever they are. So, you know what? I'm not going to give them my power. I'm going to go because guess what? If your tribe is strong enough, they're going to rock with you. They're going to look for you. So yeah. sales haven't been affected. Thank God. And I am... We're, we're, you know, I know we talked about that, creating a new page and, you know, we're trying our best to get it back, but you know what? That's where I'm at. I'm, we're all learning. Yeah. We're all and, learning. And I think it helps that you are an established brand, right? Like it's definitely more vulnerable for people um, who haven't um, got to the level that you're at with your business and they're still growing and trying to get their tribe. 
you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm I'm on a similar platform as you. I've been established for over 20 years. My my followers, my supporters, they're going to find me, and that's what I said. And and I, and you know, as you talk about, it's great to have your brand spread out, not just putting your eggs into one basket into just Instagram or just Facebook. Um, it's it's a collective of of, of your integrity to your customers, to your peers in the industry. And, and they will come back and find you if a hacker comes around and tries to, you know, push some buttons. Yeah, it's, it's a mindset. You know, even if my brand was smaller, it's your mindset. As I tell any business owner, you can believe you're going to fail or you can believe you're going to be successful. So I will poke my chest out far enough to tell you that even if I was smaller, because if you create a good thing, if you create a good service, you create a good, you know, like for me, like I literally did get displaced from that salon. And so there's no ill will or anything, but like I, my people came looking for me. Like I want you so, and I know I have nowhere near the following I have now. And so people know they were literally, like literally I was in the mall and someone I did not remember, people, like maybe like three people, not at the same time, would Shamir, <laughs> hey, hey, such and such. And they were, I want, I don't have your number. I need you to get my hair done. So like, that's this energy. It's energy, you know, and um, I'm always going to take it that way because that's what it is. It's a fact, you know, and so just if anyone's watching, um, just to st always stay encouraged and understand your mindset. There's a book called Mindset as well. It's really good, but you have to tend to your mindset on anything because you can do so much. Everything that I pray for is exactly what I'm living in right now. And now I'm changing and think about the other things now that I want to do because it truly is. And this is a woman that has two children that's raising them with a co-parenting situation. I'm this, I'm all I have. And so no one can give me an excuse as far as, oh, I have kids or I have, no, you decide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I've always said that uh, we are our own worst enemies. And so many people tell themselves defeatist things. Like they, they tell themselves negative things. And I can't do this. It's not yeah. going to work. We all have that. And then when something bad happens, if you keep telling yourself positive things, then it's like money in the bank. You can deal with that withdrawal, right? Whatever yeah. happens, you got money in the bank. So yes. yeah, I mean, it, it's it's gonna happen. So it's, it's mm -hmm. great to hear that you guys are positive and that you're going to move forward and, and learn. We're doing our best because we do have those moments. I had those moments too, Karen. And I just had to really demand, this is how you're gonna think about it. You know, I had to put my foot down on myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I gave myself the opportunity to be sad. Like, I think it happened Monday. I was sad all day Monday, all day Tuesday. And I think by the time you got hacked, I was like, okay. Roll okay. up my sleeves. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Right. Yeah. I'm, there's a book that I've been, that I've read called Limitless. It's by Jim Quick. And it goes, it talks all about your mindset, your mindset. And, and that we, yeah, as Brian says, we are, we are the ones that are limiting ourselves um, in, in, in our thinking patterns and what we tell ourselves and what we believe is a limit. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely mm. my recommendation on the list. Yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. Um, what's next for you? What's, what's going on? What's the future of Dr. Locks? Give us a brief 
So nice. we have, so we actually have a 7,200 square feet um, foot uh, warehouse that's about to be open pretty soon. We've been waiting on the permit for years, for, I mean, for a long time. But um, expansion, expansion, expansion. And I would, I've always wanted more products. I've still had those five products and we've been doing really well on it. So expansion on employment, expansion on product. Um, I've been, um, as you do as well, listen to the problems and want to solve those issues. And so my concern has been moisture and color treated locks. And so we plan to solve those this year with our deep conditioner, um, steamer, um, um, color treated shampoo. Like there's a, five more products I've been working on since before last year and COVID made things slow down a little bit. So, but with more product comes more bottles, more ingredients and my apartment cannot take anything more. And I end with the social distancing. I have only been able, I couldn't hire more people. So my team, they've been doing their best and I'm just been waiting for this warehouse so I can have more staff. And I've been a secret about me. A lot of people don't probably don't know about is that I have a love for like changing the the look and the feel of corporate America. And so my top number one uh, priority is my internal customers, which is my employees. And so I changed that the way I'm designing this warehouse, the way we're structuring it is really like we work type of really chill, um, you know, a really mentally pleasing place to work, you know? Mm -hmm. And just the way I go about my business, um, I'm really proud of the people that's ever worked with me. They like they will put their name down like Shamir. They loved working for Dr. Locke. So that to me is just as important to me as the customers being happy because I paying my people well that's just because I loved working at Apple. So I just love things I learned from them and changing that. And so um, and just always, always, always enc encouraging people to do what they love to do and their passions and stuff inside work. So, but yeah, that's generally just expansion on the business, um, having a home finally. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I haven't, I stopped doing here last year after COVID happened mm -hmm. and I prayed for this opportunity. I've been doing here for several years now and I felt like, okay, I think this is the time that I'm going to stop. Okay. And I just, I was like, all right, let's just do it, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. Divine timing. That mm -hmm. takes courage. It's a big change. It is. Cause those are my friends, like my clients. Yeah. I, as you guys know, like, like you grow up with them. They have babies. Now you're doing their child's hair and everything yeah. like that. But the good thing, dope thing is, and it's funny. I said this, I wanted to send myself in a bottle. And so now I've literally do that. So now clients are going to other people, but they have me in a bottle now. That's a great, great concept. I love that. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So speaking of those bottles, are we, mm -hmm. we going to do a giveaway now? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think all of a sudden, all of our listeners' ears just perked up with what? <laughs> giveaway? Giveaway. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> So, so let's uh, let's do um, let's do like we did before. So uh, we'll throw out uh, Shamir. You throw out a, a question, maybe something from that you've spoken about in our podcast, and the first person to comment uh, in the YouTube premiere of this episode will uh, will reach out to you and send some Dr. Locks your way. What do you think, Shamir? Is that good? 
Yes, sure. Wow. Okay. So, and, go ahead. <laughs> something that I discussed just now, like in our in the in yeah, the in the episode, so that they can be like, were they listening, right? Yeah. So, what was the quote that was said while I was driving to my job that inspired me to create my business? Love it. Perfect. Love it. You could tell them the name of the person that said the quote. Uh, Rashan Ali. She is a, 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 a she's a she's in like in Atlanta. She's a radio radio host. Um, but she's a mom, but, but for sure, and she's into sports and stuff like that. But her name is Rashan Ali. Really? Here, at the. I love yeah. that. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and likewise, we'll do a giveaway too, Brian. Right? We uh, yeah. we promise our our viewers. And and this is so great. We talked briefly about this, but like. You know, people sometimes might think that, oh, Dr. Locks and Noggin Oil, they're both for, uh, for locks. So like it's competitive and, and, and this is proof positive. Like we yeah. all have a gift to give and we all have, part of it is our brand and our own personal integrity uh, to put those products out or to put that, that whatever it is we're putting into the universe. Um, and there's enough to go around exactly unfortunately people don't believe that and i don't it's unfortunate i wish everyone would understand that because the thing is the thing is we don't all want the same things exactly and so you know we might want similar things but i don't believe in competition i focus on what i what i'm focusing on and not gain friends on along the way and yeah. stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. if Brian, we help each other huh sorry if we help each other, then the whole industry just improves. And, uh, exactly. and I and love the whole, the, the, and I the love whole the, point. <laughs> What'd you say? I just love what you said about a little bit of me in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, because essentially what it is, it's like you put it together, you constructed it, and it's it's exactly that. And I feel like every service hair provider should do, be able to do that, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brian, what do you want to <clears throat> ask our, our listeners and viewers uh, to uh, give away some noggin oil? What do you think? Let's see. Um, hmm, how about something that we said today during the episode? Yeah. Yep. Um, hmm. I got you stumped. <laughs> uh, Oh, I got one. I got one. Okay. How about where was it that Shamir and Karen and I met for the first time? Good one. Love it. Yep. We know, we know that's a very, very specific answer. So, um, and, uh, yeah. And not the locate, not the, not the city. The city was it. The first one was in the, the city was Atlanta. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's the ones in Atlanta. Yeah. Her hometown. Mm -hmm. It was very Atlanta. We we can't oh, come back. I love Atlanta. Yeah, I love the beach, so I miss the beach. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go back to the beach. <laughs> we were talking with other guests, and you know, we, we now we have we're thinking like Lock Talk tour, right? We got to go visit Ooh. all of our guests. <laughs> yeah, talked to this amazing dude in uh, Mumbai. That was our last guest, mm. Red Indian. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I thought about a tour and I'm like, I just like, there's just so much I gotta get 
together and it's like I want to do other stuff like I want to I want to talk you know and I think I talked about that with Jocelyn and our friend um Nikki and it's like I but I have to get my solidify my home base here it's just so much we gotta get organized and I can just fly later so it's coming yes manifestation it's all about manifestation yeah Yeah. all right well I think this has been a tremendously interesting episode Mm -hmm. and I and I feel like our viewers and 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 listeners are are are, you know they really appreciate hearing hearing the, the the behind the scenes how people got started either in their lock journey or what inspired them to get where they are now and and that's what this show is all about and and thank you yes that's well i knew where this is going to be a bomb interview because i was like you know what we you know how we do and like i just love that's that's the premise like i it's not about money people are like oh you can say that blah, blah, blah. but like really like when you start making money it's like money really doesn't make you happy doesn't it makes things a little smoother but what makes me really happy inside is encouraging other people, inspiring other people. And so that's why I share. I know that's why we share on social media stuff so people can be inspired because they're not alone. We're all one, you know, mm-hmm. um, we just have to, I wish people would see the dopeness inside them. So. And that reminds me social media. So your new, you have a new Instagram handle, correct? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do, but it's like uh, I'm just waiting Under for my construction. back. But it's um so we I had um I skipped over a couple things, but Dr. Locke Studio is what I had last year and uh, I closed down. So Dr. Locke Studio is our new one. Um, but the hacker we convinced them to change it back to the but they can't change Dr. Locks because my brand manager was like I'm not going to go into detail, but they changed it Dr. Locks A for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people can just keep your eye on that one because I really feel like we're going to have that back. But Dr. Locks Studio is what we have. And my natural hair lady, people can still catch up with me there because I'm like keeping people in, in, you know, in the loop and stuff. So it's a little crazy right now. What about I, you? Yeah, I, th- I think... Uh, yeah, I had to make that decision as well, you know, sort of sit uh, sit on it and see if if Instagram and Facebook was going to reach out to any of my messages, my emails to them. But um, I've had to rebrand, like not rebrand, but I've had to start over with a new Instagram handle. Um, my my client's son, who's very savvy, 19, he's like, get modlocks underscore, because then in the search, when people search modlocks, it'll come up with the underscore automatically. And so that will actually build the um, uh, algorithm. And so I've done that modlocks. And now I say with a new sexy underscore. So, so I'm, I'm working on that and, and, um, maybe we'll get the original handle back. Who knows? I think we'll be back. So we'll be talking. Yeah. Well, good luck with your manufacturing facility. Thank you so much. (coughs) Thank you. Mm. And, oh, we should give like a, like a heads up two factor authentic authentication okay people need yes. to do that on their accounts yes. that was a mistake a crucial mistake that i made 
And so it's very easy. You go into your settings on Instagram or whatever app or whatever platform you're using, find the settings and look for two, two factor authentication, um, and set that up because that will help to protect you. Right. Absolutely. And change your passwords every quarter, at the least, I would say every month, change your password, make it extremely, um, hard to work, um, figure out, but you definitely have to change your passwords at least like every quarter. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're always learning. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you for a great conversation. Yes. Thank you guys for the space. We'll see yeah. you. Oh, and we're going to send you some noggin oil. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So take care, sweetheart. We, uh, we appreciate sure. you and we will be in touch. Okay. All right. Thanks All guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lock Talk. Lock Talk. <laughs> Lock Talk. Lock Talk. Lock Talk. This episode of Lock Talk is brought to you by Noggin Oil, Log Locks, World Hair and Skin. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.